time. Time now for the Natural Health Show. This is the place. The one and only Natural Health Show. For natural health information and conversation. It's the Natural Health Show. Coming to you in three, two, one. Makes you wonder sometimes if you could change your life by changing your food. Or if you could change your life by changing your medicine. Or if you could change your life by changing your mind. And what kind of mind-blowing experience it would be if all three changed at the same time. Your mind, your body, and your medicine. Making change would really be making revolution. A personal change and a personal revolution. We're here to help with that. Hi, Steve Herringer here. This is what you've been listening for. It is The Natural Health Show. This program is an environment, a space, a place where all we do is focus on natural health and natural healing. Julie Danilik is on the way. She invites us to embrace our inner primate and start enjoying bananas. They're only 100 calories each and they help balance our blood sugar. She'll have more on the Natural Health Show's nutrition break in about 15 minutes. Also this hour, Dr. Hal Gunn joins us for our research update. He says exposure to pets may reduce the frequency of respiratory tract illness in children. Exposure to pets. Kids and pets can be a good mix. And Dr. Gunn has the details this hour. Finally, Dr. Carl M.D. talks detox as we mosey on into spring 2016. He says, bring on the antioxidants and some superfoods that can help us rid ourselves of dangerous chemicals found in our bodies. The specifics with Dr. Carl coming up later in the show. Of course, health highlights are also on the way. By the way, today's show is sponsored by Allergy FX. Allergy FX is making this program possible, and we thank them for their support. Today, we dip back into our vast natural health show audio vault to replay a program that is a pretty good fit at this time of year. The topic, you guessed it, allergies. Last fall, I spoke with Dr. Jacqueline Shan, a double PhD in physiology and pharmacology, and Dr. Lee No, a doctor of naturopathy. And here's how our conversation went. Now, our topic today is, is allergies, and uh, what we are going to try and focus on is what is causing them and how can we use natural products to, to alleviate some of the symptoms? So let's start at the beginning in terms of, of, of the size of this allergy problem in, in the world, in North America specifically. But uh, how big a problem are allergies? Uh, allergy, as we all know, is uh, is a common term, and then there's a um, different kind of allergy. However, we know that and uh, become year by year, and there's more and more people suffering from uh, allergy. So in Canada alone, millions of people. So and yeah. um, so there's type of allergy, mostly environmentally and uh, environmental cost and the allergy indoor and outdoor uh, allergens cost and uh, allergy. We call it also seasonal and allergy. Seasonal allergies, yes. Yeah. So about ten million people and can. In Canada, ten million. That. Yes, and mostly prevalent. That's in, like thirty percent. Absolutely, and in spring, mostly prevalent. Yes. However, some people suffer year round, and because the indoor and outdoor, and the things like um, you know, uh, indoor like pet standards, right, and uh, outdoor like pollens and ragweeds and uh, dust mites. So, so this, what what happens is, from what I'm reading, the the immune system gets kicked into overdrive. And this is what brings on these um, symptoms. Symptoms, yes. And and so, do we blame the immune system? 
for, our, for all these allergies? Yeah, our immune system, of course, is designed to inner, uh, we call it a defending system, defending. So when we have a bacterial virus infection, right. our immune system, they're the army, right? So they, right. they really and uh, mob- mobilize themselves through the immune cells, white blood cells, immune cells, and um, antibodies. So they, they can attack in those invasions. What's the problem in the allergy situation is the sort of imbalance of immune system in some people, and then they are very sensitive. We call it a very uh, sensitive. And the windows, yes. when they, uh, like things like pollen and uh, pollen, some things like a dander, those are, you know, if I don't have allergy, for example, and then you are not affecting me. But certain people, when they first encounter those allergens and the immune system start overreacting and actually creating the antibody. So next time when the body um, encounter the same uh, kind of allergen, so our this immune cells like master cells they start they start secreting um, the they histamine. recognize the problem yeah they recognize and they, problem and they, they yeah kick they, into overdrive they kick it overdrive so they release all kind of harmful uh, chemicals and uh, which is causing all kind of inflammatory reaction those some people will you know for example in this um, uh, in the allergic seasonal allergy situation and then people will encounter like a runny nose and yes. stuffy nose itchy nose and the sneezing. So those are the symptoms caused by those chemicals and uh, released by, you know. So we always look for solutions here on the Natural Health Show. Right. What are the best ways to address uh, the allergy symptoms or the, the overreaction of the immune system? What's the best way to deal with it? Um, the best way is always, and uh, is the prevention is the best way. So is there's a number way to avoid <laughs> if you the can. pain. You can avoid and limit it outdoors, especially in the in the in the in the spring, for example. If you're allergic to pollen, trying to limit your outdoor activities and close your window, close your door, and also humidity. And uh, in the, in the room, you can control it. And the most commonly, people are reaching to some of the anti-allergic uh, over-the-counter drugs. Yes. There's over uh, usually there's symptom relief like antihistamine. Yes. And uh, so those are the commonly over-the-counter. And then some, of course, in, and in a certain very severe cases, and they need um, some uh, going to the hospital to see doctors, there's right. allergic shocks and that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll so. talk about some of those as we carry on this hour. It's the Natural Health Show here. Steve Herringer with Dr. Jacqueline Shan. Uh, Dr. Shan, are, are there more allergies in our population now than there were 25 years ago? Well, there are a lot of studies and the statistics shows and every decade, actually, the allergies. And, of course, in the seasonal allergies is one. There's all kind of allergy, like food allergy, and the seems is rising and then yes. year by year. Okay. And especially uh, more so in the industrialized country, in more developed country than developing countries. Aller- allergies are uh, yes, growing. Yes, and growing in the industrialized in, in country. countries. Exactly. So, there, of course, there are many, many theories, right, behind yeah. that why you heard about it you know, the hygiene theory, theory, and then they also have a theory to say because we are um, so uh, isolated now, the, you know, not like, a, you know, like in the past, right? So their studies show the larger families, you know, or people, the children's living in the farm situations, they actually yes. have less allergy compared to people living now industrialized in a single family situation and living in apartments. So there's lots of lots much. of theories as to why there's this, this growth theory, in allergies exactly. is, is here and then, in industrial but, but the statistics world. show it does increase. It right. does see those increase. Is an allergy uh, an inability to detoxify? 
Um, again, I'm not an expert in this area, but just from a science point of view and also by reading some of the uh, experience, I guess, clinicians' experience, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, especially in the food allergy situation, right? So if your body can detoxify and get rid of, of it as soon as you can, and certainly I see what the bees should be relieving the symptom. And then as far as the seasonal allergy, I don't know if it's direct link because the direct cause, it is your immune system's, uh, you know, sensitized immune system, right? right? But it's always because detoxification is a big word, like it's very broad, right? That covers and how your body get rid of the toxin could be the environment, sorry, could be um, external uh, kind of a toxic, but it could be also generated by your own body, right? So this ability to get rid of all of them. So I could imagine if detoxification ability is good because what happened in the uh, allergy situation, your body does create in those kind of like a histamine and also the other um, you know, and, and you don't want to get you want, you want to, to get rid of, of your body. Yeah, your body. So if you have a better ability to to do that, yeah, if you call that detoxification <laughs> is part of that process, yeah. you can imagine you could help. You know, to relieve the symptom. You're listening to the Natural Health Show. This is the place for natural health information and conversation. We'll be back with more after we hear the Natural Health Show's nutrition break, brought to you by Preferred Nutrition. Julie. Hello, my name is Julie Daniluk, nutritionist and author of Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal. People love bananas. A rare treat 50 years ago, we now consume almost 100 million metric tons of them a year. An average banana only contains 100 calories and less than a gram of fat. Bananas are also high in vitamin B6, which is important for hormonal balance. In the food world, bananas are like chameleons. They masquerade as cream in a shake or substitute for eggs as a binder in baking recipes. They work as a sweetener in bars and can even be dried into chips. Yet sadly, they're given a bad rap by dieters being told that they're too high in sugar. The good news is that bananas may help you lose belly fat. They contain resistant starch that we digest slowly, which promotes balanced blood sugar levels. Numerous studies have shown that eating resistant starch can also help with satiety, reduce inflammation, and improve insulin sensitivity. One ripe banana provides close to 5 grams of resistant starch, so go ahead and embrace your inner primate. It may just be the secret to sweet success. To learn more about the power of healing foods, visit my website at juliedaniluk.com. The Natural Health Show's Nutrition Break is brought to you by The Muscle Ache and Pain Solution, Make sense. This is it, the one and only Natural Health Show. The most listened to natural health radio program in Canada, Dr. Jacqueline Shan, a PhD in physiology, and naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lee No, are my guests. And we are talking about natural approaches to allergy relief. Dr. No, tell me, what are the most popular over-the-counter drugs for allergies? What do, what do people buy? Well, there, there are a number of different drugs over-the-counter that people use. I, I would say that the most popular ones are ones that uh, most people are familiar with. Those include uh, Reactin, Claritin, uh, Allegra. Uh, these are the brand names of, of over-the-counter drugs, but essentially what they are are antihistamines. And, and, and so how, do, how does an antihistamine react in the body? What does it do? So basically what, how antihistamines work, as the, the term would imply, it blocks the activity of histamine. So what, it, going down to the, uh, the cellular level, essentially what we 
are looking to do is block histamine's ability to bind histamine receptors. So there are a number of different histamine-type receptors in the body. The one that's specific to what we know as allergies is the H1 receptor. Usually what happens when histamine binds to the H1 receptor, it sets off a cascade of reactions that ultimately uh, result in the allergic symptoms that we experience. So what these antihistamines will do will actually block histamine's ability to bind to that H1 receptor. Okay, so what are the so it's it's its job is to block these uh, the, these reactions to to that's this right. allergen that's come into your body, right? But they they are fairly powerful, are they not? They are uh, the, these uh, over the counter um, uh, allergy drugs. That's right, and, and that's one one of the reasons why they they also have. Uh, common side effects that uh, people are well aware of. Uh, certain ones can cause drowsiness, uh, for example. Others can be quite stimulatory. Everyone reacts differently to different uh, antihistamines, but to your point, they are quite strong. And while very effective for allergies, they also result in a number of different right. undesirable side effects. And you certainly, want, you certainly wouldn't want to take them forever. No, you know, not at you, all. You wanna, exactly. If, you know, maybe if uh, they're used uh, uh, sparingly, there may not be an issue, but if people, if so many people have so many allergies, they're going to be used an awful lot. What are the uh, differences in allergies? Say we've got fur allergies, uh, pollen allergies, food allergies, dust allergies. Is the effect of these allergies the same in each person? In other words, if a someone someone has an allergy to a food, um, do all the people who have that allergy have the same reaction? At the biochemical level or at the cellular level, the reaction is all, always the same. Always However, the same. there are there is going to be a, a very large range in severity of symptoms. So even though two people right. might be allergic to, say, cat dander, one might be barely affected, whereas another person really wouldn't be able to even be in a house uh, that has a cat, whether or not that cat is... Even is, there. It, it, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so that, like I said, the, the experience of allergy symptoms that people have can range greatly, but at the uh, biochemical level, it's always the same. And uh, just as far as animal allergies go, it's not the, it's not the hair usually. Is that yeah. correct? It's the, it's the dander. That's, that's right. And, yeah. and, and what is the dander? Uh, again, uh, this is my impression, uh, and I could be wrong here, but there are certain proteins that are present in, uh, say, a cat or a dog's saliva, and as they groom themselves, uh, that's put onto their, their fur, okay. and as, um, as that dries, then the, the proteins that are left over, they, they flake off, and that's what dander is, and that's what people are allergic to. The Natural Health Show's health highlights are on their way in just a few moments. Uh, Dr. No, uh, what in the natural world uh, can be used to address some of these allergies that we've been we've been talking about? Really, in terms of the number of products that are effective available, we really have very few to choose from. So, the ones that we do have to choose from, how soon can they do they do they work effectively? I mean, do they work quickly? Absolutely. So, the, I'm going to refer more specifically to the the, the quail egg products, uh, and this is because this is. Uh, I've seen the, the clinical trials. I've seen the data. And for the most part, it seems to be very effective. I've heard anecdotal evidence that would uh, suggest the same. And in these situations, it seems to work in as little as 15 minutes. So very similar to that of pharmaceutical OTCs, mm -hmm. um, by taking this quail egg product, you see very quick relief. What about side effects? There haven't been any side, uh, side effects reported either in the uh, human clinical trials or in, even in uh, anecdotal reports. Do people get used to allergies as, 
as life goes on for them? I mean, do, they, do, do we become, if I have an allergy when I'm 10, do I, can I lose that by the time I'm 25 or 45? I think there is change? A, I think so. Um, now, not in every, uh, every situation, but there are many cases where individuals might develop an allergy or maybe even born with an allergy uh, early on in, in life. And as they age, they, they kind of, so to speak, grow out of their allergies. So that absolutely does happen. Um, in other situations, the, the reverse happens. So individuals, you know, could have, uh, be born with no, no allergies or uh, go through childhood with no allergies and then all of a sudden develop allergies. So, you know, yeah. allergies seem to come and go. Um, Do you think it's a level uh, of, of exposure to the allergen that creates these, these effects that show up later in life? In other words... You know, you, you haven't been sensitive to pollen when you were uh, for 40 years, but it just seems to be around a little bit more as we were talking about maybe in, in our, our industrial society where we're not used to it quite as much and it's it's building. And, and then it seems to hit a critical point and that's where you're where your histamines, I guess, kick in. Yeah? Right. You, you all of a sudden become sensitive to it. Right. I mean, that I, I can't say with absolute certainty, but that does seem to make a lot of sense. I mean, everything has a threshold point. So uh, previously, if you want to talk about pollen, um, previously when, you know, a lot of pesticides were being used and our grass was nice and clean, uh, so to speak, there's very little pollen around. So even if there was a little bit, it wasn't enough to uh, elicit that allergic um, those allergic symptoms. Now, with the banning of pesticides, which, by the way, is a very positive uh, um, turn of events, but that also has resulted in a number, uh, a large number of weeds uh, showing up on our lawns, and that just the sheer volume of the extra pollen is enough to push our bodies past that threshold where right. we start to experience those allergic symptoms. So, what is your take on the um, the effects of pesticides in our food and herbicides in our foods? Uh, and fungicides and all the chemicals that go on our things that we eat. Do you think that these pesticides and herbicides and these chemicals create allergies? Well, that's that's a good question. Um, and if I had to say there there is a plausible, or at least a possible explanation for that. Of course, I can't say that there's any scientific evidence to confirm that. But uh, Jackie did mention earlier about the hygiene hypothesis. And one of the things that we do know is that these common pesticides and herbicides, they do uh, also kill bacteria. In interestingly, they also result in antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And what this ha ends up happening, uh, what this results in is less exposure to these uh, these common bacteria. And that means that with less exposure to, say, a, a quote-unquote a dirty environment, our, our immune system isn't able to develop properly. And during development, the immune system needs to be challenged. And in, in that sense, it is able to uh, develop properly. Uh, in situations where we're not exposing the immune system or challenging it through development, what ends up happening is it looks for something else uh, to attack and, and challenge itself. So these allergens then uh, present and the immune system all of a sudden wants to attack these allergens. And again, that's one of the theories on why these allergies uh, are, are occurring at an increasing rate. It's the Natural Health Show here with very special guests, Dr. Jacqueline Shan and Dr. Lee No. We'll be back with more after the Natural Health Show's Health Highlights. It's a hand-picked, free-range, not from concentrate, organically digitized, original program. 
It's the one and only Natural Health Show. Health Highlights is a look at trending news in the world of natural health. Health Highlights is sponsored by Vista Magazine, Canada's organic lifestyle magazine. We thank them for being part of the Natural Health Show each and every weekend. Donna is here, and today we are going to look at a very touchy subject, something we don't talk a lot about, but it's time. It's time to talk about it. What to eat to have a great poop every time. Not just one or two, but like every time. Here's the ultimate list of foods for great digestion and, yes, optimal pooping. We're not going to list all nine of them here, but we will take four today and five next week. Let's start with fermented foods are going to assist you in making the move, so to speak. Aim for local and organic fermented foods, and they should always be unpasteurized and refrigerated. You want a living, growing product, so it's important to choose products that don't contain vinegar. Vinegar kills the live bacteria. These foods should be used in small doses like condiments with each meal. You can aim for roughly one cup per day total. And here's Donna. And here's the list, Steve. Fermented foods include sauerkraut, kimchi, pickled vegetables, tempeh, miso, kombucha, kefir, yogurt, cheese, buttermilk, and ginger beer. Hey, you want a bowel movement that's so fantastic you want to call your friends about it? Then eat prebiotic foods. That's next on our list. Foods rich in prebiotics provide probiotics for the good bacteria in your gut. Think of them like food for the seeds you plant in your internal garden. Note that most of these foods must be eaten raw or lightly cooked to obtain the good gut benefits. Try to eat three servings of prebiotic foods per day. And Steve, the prebiotic foods are dandelion greens and roots, garlic, onions, leeks, green onions, asparagus, bananas, plantains, honey, chicory, oats, and apples. Want to have a bowel movement that brings tears to your eyes? Eat healthy oils and fats. All oils should be organic, cold-pressed, and unrefined. Eat a little healthy fat with each meal. And healthy fats include olive, coconut, red palm, butter, ghee, pumpkin seed, walnut, sesame, avocado, cod liver oil, evening primrose, and flax. Want to have a good poop each and every time? Then include nuts and seeds in your diet. Note, nuts are not popcorn. Here's a good point. Mother Nature designed a nut perfectly with a shell that's hard to crack, so we'd only consume a small serving at a time, and that's exactly what we should do. This is a gentle reminder once again that overconsumption of anything is tasking our bellies, and in this case, with healthy fats. So eat your nuts and seeds sparingly. A small handful is a good serving size. And Steve, the list of nuts and seeds include almonds, Brazil nuts, peanuts, macadamia nuts, hazelnuts, pecans, cashews, walnuts, sunflower, sesame, pumpkin, flax, chia, and psyllium. Good foods guaranteed to get you moving if you catch our drift. Another five to do the same coming up next weekend. This slice of life comes to us from Robin Yokelis for mindbodygreen.com. Thanks, Donna. And thank you, Steve. The Natural Health Show's Health Highlights is sponsored by Vista Magazine, Canada's organic lifestyle magazine. Ask for Vista Magazine at your local natural health store. Back with more in just a movement. Uh, uh, just a moment.
The revolution continues as we search for the ways and means of taking back control over our food, our bodies, our minds, and of course our healing. You're listening to The Natural Health Show and Steve Herringer. Our conversation is all about allergies today. And I'm speaking with naturopathic Dr. Lee No right now. And uh, Dr. No, are there any contraindications uh, with using natural products to deal with allergies? We touched on this a little bit. I'd like to go back there. Is there going to be kind of a bounce back or a rebound uh, that, uh, that, you know, is basically, I guess you could call a side effect to taking natural products to uh, deal with allergies? Well, I think it's important to recognize that not all products are going to be suitable for everyone all the time. So it's important that you understand your current situation, uh, other medications that you might be taking, other health conditions that you're experiencing, and make that be- um, make a an educated choice in what product you take that's suitable for your condition. In general, however, I would say that these natural products are very safe for the most part. Um, Situations that you might want to avoid, as an example, we mentioned a a quail egg product in the past uh, earlier. Obviously, if you're allergic to eggs, you you don't want to be taking a a quail egg product. Um, Health Canada also has a general warning statement that if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you consult your healthcare provider before you take. But like I said, in general, these are all quite safe to take. Okay, well, let's talk about some research that's behind this. What's available to support the use of natural products uh, in terms of treating allergies? Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, very few of the natural health products have any human clinical research. And out of the ones that do, uh, it's like I said, inconclusive at best. I will talk more specific to a recent clinical trial on a quail egg product. Okay. Uh, and this was, like I said, it, at this point, this uh, quail egg product seems to be my go-to product for allergy symptom relief. And in this study, what they looked at were 43 healthy individuals, and they gave these individuals um, an allergenic challenge. And so what they did was they mixed up a number of different allergens together, which included um, pollen, dust mites, cat and dog dander, and they, gave, uh, they exposed these individuals to this mixture. They gave one group a placebo, another group this quail egg formulation, and they measured something called Peak nasal inspiratory flow, or PNIF, and that just your nose running. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's just how fast air goes in and out of your your uh, uh, nasal uh, passages. They also asked a subjective. um, uh, They asked about their uh, the subjects' subjective uh, symptoms such as itchy eyes, runny nose, nasal congestion, and things like that. And what this study found was the quail egg treatment over placebo found uh, extreme, extremely quickly. found, sorry, extremely quickly, these individuals found significant relief. So not only did their subjective measures improve dramatically, like itchy eyes, runny nose, nails congestion, but with the objective measurement also showed the PINF uh, was that their breathing was a lot easier as well. So it's uh, working. That's what we're hearing. Dr. Shan, let's me, let's get you back into this conversation. Uh, Can you take these uh, natural products with with other allergy medications. So if you were to take an over-the-counter allergy medication, can you take uh, uh, a natural product as well? 
So our hope is, is people responding to one and another. The hope is a natural product because the yes, side, we, it's a lack of side effects and we think it's, uh, it's, it's better. However, and because the, uh, the natural products like uh, quail egg extracts and then they're really very safe. So if it's people choosing to use both and uh, like uh, Dr. No can, you know, from a clinical point of view, um, I don't see there's any harmful effect if mm-hmm. they want to take both. I was just thinking that perhaps they don't have, if somebody was not quite sure which way they wanted to go yes. and they start with something but they don't want to use, they don't want yeah, the side effects, yeah. of course. Usually there it is, you're so true. Some, lots of people when they're taking uh, natural product, they, they don't, you know, because over the counter usually it's symptom relief, they are more established. So you want to win yourself off. They're, they're gradually yes. reducing the frequency or reducing the dosage. That That's great help as well. You're with The Natural Health Show. Thank you for being part of the program. Still to come, our research update from Inspire Health and our good friend, Dr. Hal Gunn. Uh, still with you, Dr. Shan. Uh, another general question, which we touched on earlier, but are allergies more prevalent in certain parts of the world than others? You have studied allergies. So tell me, uh, are they as prevalent in North America as they are in Asia, or is it the other way around? Well, there's a very interesting pattern, and now obviously not myself. So, you know, doing the research to see, you know, there's many follow-up epidemic um, and statistic studies to mm-hmm. show. And yes, indeed, in industrialized and our developed country, actually, um, the allergy uh, increasing in the alarming rate, and then they are increasing much faster. And they actually developing country. And they have a less actually increase, and they you know is almost not much affected as far as the uh, allergic and um, situation, allergic diseases, and then you don't see it as as uh, as uh, as sharp as uh, as you see in developing country. And the more interesting things you, um, you know, the scientists have observed, and then when certain countries they become more affluent from developing country and turn gradually become developed country. For example, in China, they mm-hmm. grow you know, industrialized in the last 20 years is just incredible, right? So the allergic and the situation is also increased. And um, really? from, yeah, so this is a very interesting observation. Uh, and then obviously it's a fact. But so. you'd think that the that a less developed country has more pollution. Yeah. However, this, and I don't mean that, uh, well, of course, a developed country is industrialized, so there is pollution there. But I'm thinking as a, uh, of a third of third world countries that that uh, can't deal with their giant cities, and and I would think that people would have more allergies in that circumstance. That's not a case. Again, we're going back to there's so many theories, right? So there's mm-hmm. many many scientists and medical researchers trying to find out those correlations. And uh, so early on, we we discussed a little bit about hygiene theory. Again, I'm not expert. So and then you know certainly. That's one theory. And the hygiene theory is that we are too clean. We're too clean. We have, a, you know, and less exposure to certain type of bugs and germs. As Dr. No was saying, that we early child, especially early childhood stage. I mean, okay. again, it's a lot of theory. You need you need to expose a certain. Uh, like bacteria and the pathogens, and so you can your immune system can properly developed. So we all know it's very defined in the immune system. They in the normal people you should work perfectly because it's an intricate network in your immune system. Yes. Very complicated. Doctor No, can uh, can an allergy be considered a form of autoimmune disease? And I, I, I you know, the the body is attacking the body, the immune system is out of balance. Is it is this an autoimmune disease? 
I can see where that question is coming from. Uh, my answer is no, not really. Uh, the only thing that autoimmune diseases and allergies have in common is that they're both a situation where the immune system is inappropriately reacting. Right. However, in an autoimmune disease, the immune system is attacking the body itself, whereas in an allergic situation, the body is still attacking, uh, overreacting in, in that sense, but it's attacking a foreign particle. Uh, so, okay. so, like I said, the, the similarities really end at, uh, you know, the immune system is overreacting, but outside of that, they're quite different. If um, 10 million Canadians have some sort of allergy issue, that's almost uh, an epidemic. Absolutely. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Of allergies? And it's getting worse. That's right. You know, it's quite obvious that we have to find some way to alleviate these things. It's not, I mean, our, our, I suppose, uh, do most people have an allergy for, for a month and then it's gone or two weeks or something like that? And then it maybe re- reappear at the same time the following year? Or do some people have allergies that just go and go and go? I would say all of the above. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, a, it's a little it, bit of everything. It, it huh? is, yeah. So I think most people will have allergies that stay with them for years and years. And like as we mentioned earlier on in the show, there are situations where allergies can persist for years, but then all of a sudden disappear. Um, in other situations, you know, the allergies might be experienced for a much shorter period of time, just for a season or a few seasons. But it really is more of an individual thing, and it's hard to generalize. So uh, when we say that uh, it's uh, 30% of, uh, of Canada, of the population, having suffering from some, al- some allergies, that includes the short-term and the long-term. That's right. Naturopathic Dr. Lee No is my guest, along with Dr. Jacqueline Shan. You're with The Natural Health Show. I'm Steve Herringer. Time for our research update from Inspire Health Now. It's brought to you by Purica. Hi, I'm Dr. Hal Gunn, a physician at Inspire Health. Did you know exposure to pets may reduce the frequency of respiratory tract illness in children? Benefits of having a pet in childhood can include learning responsibility, compassion, loyalty, and empathy, all of which provide lessons about life. A recent Finnish study in almost 400 children demonstrated immune benefits to pet owning as well. Increased contact with dogs and cats was associated with a decrease in respiratory and ear infections. Researchers speculate that such contact with animals helps the development of the immune system in young children. Pets aren't for everybody, and getting a pet is a major commitment. Still, if you are inclined to have pets, it is intriguing to consider that in addition to various psychosocial benefits, there may also be immune-related health benefits for children. For more research on integrative cancer care, please check Inspire Health's free online research information system at inspirehealth.ca. The Natural Health Show's research update is presented by Purica. Visit Purica.com for the best in natural foods, supplements, and lifestyle solutions. I have a $150 natural health gift basket to give away. Compliments of our sponsor this hour, Allergy FX. If you are lucky caller number 15, we'll have that gift basket delivered to your door. The 15th caller at 1-855-333-8647 to say... 
I listen to the Natural Health Show Revolution, is today's winner. Toll-free number, again, here it is, 1-855-333-8647. Back with more in just a moment. Hey, it's all about taking back control of our own health and our own healing The Natural Way. Welcome back to The Natural Health Show. Natural Approaches to Allergies is our topic today. Steve Herringer here with Dr. Shan and uh, Dr. No. And Dr. Shan, uh, this question is for you. Is there a genetic component to allergies or is everything all about the environment and how we're affected by it? Or are people born with allergies? Uh, allergies, there's many risk factors actually to um, to allergy, which means the cause of allergy. Genetic factor certainly is a big one. So usually you can see the allergy situation it runs in family. So the parent, um, the parents has allergies. Usually children has allergies. They may not necessarily allergic to the same um, and allergen, but okay. they are usually and then the. The kids, if they run in the family, uh, is more severe. Actually, the symptoms look is more severe for kids. For for kids, yeah. If uh-huh. uh, compared to non genetically, not genetically okay. linked, so okay. they are so, more so, severe. So, so something, oh. an allergy that is genetic, yeah, that has come to you through through your parents, yeah. is is a little bit more severe than if something you picked yeah, up. Yeah, it's observation. So there are studies yes. to show that. And so and so, age. Yeah, there's age, and then as more a, certain allergies are are more likely to show up at a certain age. Yeah, and then there's a you know we discussed early on. Doctor No was saying that, and then you know certain like children, you know in the, in certain children they have a very severe allergy, but somehow they grow out of it. So right. when they're when they're and they become you know adults, they don't have it. But as we age, and actually, and then especially going to a certain you know age, and because of the immune system imbalance become more prominent once you're aging, right? Yes. So and then certain people they never had any allergic allergy and then all of a sudden they comes up. yeah it comes up. Now, Dr. Shan, I have a small quiz for you, and uh, I know you're an academic, you're a scientist, so quizzes are right up your alley. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be as we're speaking about food. Let's stay there for a moment. In in my research for this show, I've come across five consumables that I've read can help alleviate allergy symptoms. And I'd like to hear from you whether this list is correct or not and, and how it would be correct. In other words, if they're helpful, how can they be helpful? So give me a short sentence or two on these and tell me uh, whether each of these can work or not. Is there a protective quality here against allergies or not regarding vitamin C? Vitamin C maybe so. There are studies show vitamin C can actually um, can preventing the histamine formation or destroy the histamine. Okay, so. okay. Spoken as a true scientist, maybe. Maybe. But in other words, <laughs> uh, the blocking histamine uh, would be uh, uh, is, is connected with vitamin C. Uh, yes, and there's some study to show that. You know, okay, maybe. now so I can say maybe because there's no clinical, but yeah. there's some laboratory study. Okay, now what about uh, the protective quality of onions? Uh, onions, there's some uh, chemicals like quercetin. Onions and garlics contain some of the chemicals like that, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that scientist no peeking study. up again? No clinical study. Uh, but we've heard that, anecdotal perhaps. Yes. How about fish oils? Can you, Are those good for fighting allergies? Uh, fish oil, I would say... Probably likely, and because and the EPA, DHA, those are the um, um, essential fatty acids, and then they actually it has a property anti-inflammatory, 
uh, kind of a property. As so. long as you don't have an allergy to fish or seafood. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so in some cases, yes. In some yeah. cases, no. Yes. How about the Mediterranean diet that everybody talks about as being the way to go these days? This is the healthy diet. Is that a good way to avoid allergies? Well, their study, actually clinical study, observation to show in the, um, in, the, in a country like Greek, and then they studied a large study to show actually correlated the Mediterranean diet actually have a, almost the children, you know, having that diet and also have a no incidence of allergy. So wow. I would see definitely, and um, there is a correlation. Okay. Yeah. What about pizza? Pizza, I'm not sure. And pizza <laughs> full of cheese and yes. full of, uh, you know, wheat products. Yes. So people have allergic, uh, allergies to those uh, milk and then to uh, wheat and probably have to avoid that. So, so I just threw that in okay. as a, uh, just for something to do. <laughs> All right. <good>. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the one and only Natural Health Show. Health Canada makes sure a natural health product is tested before being sold in Canada. What sort of testing do you have to provide to Health Canada? I don't want to get really complicated about this. I just want to know, uh, you know, people want to know is uh, what they're taking in Canada, has it been tested by the government and uh, can we trust it? Is it a rigorous process? Yes, and Health, Health Canada does have a rigorous um, um, and, uh, and a standard, I would say, and then every natural health product uh, to be sold in Canada, it has to have uh, their approval, uh, which is they issue your uh, license and call MPN. So the process is pretty vigorous and then the company says if you have a product, natural health products, you need to provide your evidence and uh, efficacy. So if you want to claim the product is good for allergy, you have to have a clinical study to yes. show that and then have evidence of the clinical study. And then on top of that, and then the way you're making it, and then you have to go through what we call good uh, GMP and uh, going through manufacturing, uh, yeah, good uh, manufacturing practice. practice, practice and yeah. so it's a consistent, uh, you know, and then and stacks of a standard and each steps how you have to go through that. Finally, when you release the product, your product has to go through a very stringent quality testing. In the testing, not only you have to have a product identity, but also to ensure, um, you know, they don't have the contaminants. Right. And, um, and know, that's so a good thing. It's a good I mean, thing, uh, obviously. That's a good thing to and know to what ensure, you're taking. Absolutely, to ensure, it's, you know, product is safe. Right, not only effectiveness, and there you have to be absolutely safe for people to consume. As we wrap up this program, I'd, I'd like to move into the world of philosophy just for a moment. I love to to finish off our shows like that, which means uh, I want to to ask both of you to share some of your personal thoughts that you might have on natural health in general, and and what you see as important factors in keeping. Uh, well, the mind and the body healthy and happy. And uh, Dr. No, let's talk uh, with you first. Uh, what, what's your uh, take on natural health? And just give me a, you know, a little bit of your philosophy. Right. Um, you know, Steve, I, I really wish I had, you know, the, the magic bullet answer. And I think a lot of people do want to hear, you know, something that they've never heard before. You know, that they can do and save themselves. Exactly. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I don't have that answer. Yes. Um, really, when you look at the, uh, the, the breadth of evidence out there, it really boils down to a healthy, nutrient-dense diet. And uh, I would say a, another factor, if not the largest factor in our well-being, is physical activity. Um, so not just constant movement, but also making sure that um, a number of times a week th that is actually vigorous and strenuous. So your uh, heart rates up. That, exactly. Your muscles are being That's used. That's right. So uh, just making sure you're moving. Uh, you might have heard the, uh, the catchphrase phrase, uh, movement is medicine. Uh, so just move. You know, sitting it, it will kill you. Um, so move, be physically active, 
and then just make sure that you're eating a clean, nutrient-dense diet. That's some very good advice. Dr. Shan, how about you? Uh, yeah, as a pharmacologist and who is pretty passionate about the natural health products and um, you know, providing the science evidence, so I believe in natural is a great source of medicine. So, And um, um, thousands of years ago, every single civilization, culture, we're using herbal medicine to preventing, to treat diseases. So obviously, and then there's a lot of treasure there. So what it is, with our advancement of medical research, it's our duty actually to using those modern you know, medical research approach, trying to distill, I would say, to explore and to develop better and a safer medicine, again, natural medicine. So the beauty about a natural medicine from all those years of experience and, uh, you know, they have a lot of advantages. And if we can find something effective, and one of the things is that we don't have a lot of products, oh, sorry, the drugs and the for prevention. So the prevention coming from prevention, the natural yes. products, I think the, the best approach is prevention. So natural medicine giving you probably the best chance to preventing a lot of diseases in the modern pharmaceutical cannot cover. So what I'm hearing is natural medicine, prevention, exercise, and eating properly. Nutrition, very important. Thanks to both of you for joining me in studio today. It's been a pleasure speaking with both of you. Thank My you. pleasure. It's the Natural Health Show on your weekend, and we thank you for being part of the program. We're here each and every weekend at this time, bringing you guest experts from the world of natural health. I'm Steve Herringer. My guests have been Ph.D. in physiology, Dr. Jacqueline Shan, and naturopathic Dr. Lee No. I will be back to close the show right after a very special... Radical Remedy. Time now for the Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies. A look at current research-based therapies that are making a difference. Radical Remedies is brought to you by Vitarock.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Carl, Medical Director at Vitarock.com. We have all heard that trendy term, detox. So what does detox mean? From a medical point of view, it is the neutralization and excretion from our bodies of toxic substances. We either inhale them, consume them in our food or drink, or they are produced as byproducts of our metabolism. The most important organ that detoxifies these substances is the liver. But the kidneys also play a very important role in concentrating these substances in urine and excreting them out of the body. So how can we help the body neutralize these harmful substances so that they don't cause excessive damage to our bodies? These toxins can lead to serious illnesses and premature aging. One simple way is to live a healthy lifestyle. That is, eat more protein, fruits, and vegetables, and less simple sugars like table sugar, soft drinks, chips, white bread, and white rice. Exercise more, especially cardio. Take breaks from alcohol consumption and try to stay away from tobacco. But how else can we help our bodies? Here are a few great examples. Berries, greens, and vitamin C are great antioxidants, which help the body stay clean of toxic substances. Other new revolutionary natural superfoods are spirulina, which is actually blue-green algae, chlorella, also an algae, as well as parsley and cilantro. They all have excellent purifying qualities as well as the capability of binding toxic heavy metals in our bodies. Most of these great superfoods are available at any grocery store or local health food store. I'm Dr. Carl, MD. The Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies is brought to you by Vitarock.com.
Big thanks to special guests Dr. Jacqueline Shan and Dr. Lee No. Thanks also to our sponsor this hour, Allergy FX. Allergy FX has made this hour possible, and we thank them for helping us bring this show to air. The usual suspects have helped us put this show together, producers Pat Glover and John Rothorn, and my lovely program co-creator, and that is Donna. You can revisit this and all of our past programs by simply visiting our website, thenaturalhealthshow.ca. You can find us on iTunes by going to the iTunes store and doing a search for The Natural Health Show. Podcasts are free, so take a look and take a listen for us on iTunes. We're also on Facebook and YouTube with our Natural Health Minutes, so look for us online. You'll also find our Natural Health Minutes on City TV and Sportsnet in Toronto and in Vancouver. Of course, you can always connect with us anytime at info at thenaturalhealthshow.ca Join us next weekend for more of The Natural Health Show same time, same space it's all good every weekend right here The revolution continues be well and be back next time for more of The Natural Health Show I'm Steve Herringer, thanks for listening and don't forget to remind yourself today of all those good things that you've done and continue to do to make this world a beautiful place. You make valuable contributions each and every day. And of course, you know and I know, it's you that makes this show go. And we thank you. Next time.